This podcast is proudly brought to you by Team Guru. Helping leaders grow, teams perform and organisations communicate. Welcome to the Forza City Podcast, giving you all the behind-the-scenes news from Brisbane City Football Club. My name's David Frizzell, and as always, I'll be your host and joined by Simon Smale, Brisbane City's media guru. This week, we'll give you a full review of Saturday's old boy games. But first, Simon, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be sneaking into a friendly for us today? Um, I meant to be, Dave, yes. But unfortunately, New Zealand actually pulled out of a game early Monday morning. You're serious? They just cancelled? They did, yes. In an email message, they highlighted... In an email message? In an email, yes. They highlighted the intensity of the camp so far and the two games against Western Pride and Redlands that they played. And they said that they'd picked up a few niggles and the coaching team and medical staff would rather not play the game. So we're not. All right, so that might all be fair enough from an athletic point of view, but is that a lot of respect to Brisbane City sending them that message in an email? Oh, well, no, probably not really. Um, look, I think it, it, it's look, it, I think it's pretty ordinary, and as a fan, I'm pretty disappointed. Um, I spoke with Takozi, and he isn't too worried about it, to be honest. He said that it was just one of those things, and he was only going to use the game as match practice and to see some of the under-20s anyway. And the players I've spoken to are equally disappointed, but they also understand that in a professional environment, they have to do what's best for the professional team's preparations. The IFC Nations Cup doubles as World Cup qualifiers, and this, at the end of a long season for those European-based players in the squad, is the most important thing for New Zealand football. So, unfortunately, um, Brisbane City of a team that gets sacrificed. You're a lot more charitable than I am, Simon. Disappointing, to say the least. Well, let's talk about something a little bit more positive. Take us to Saturday night at Corporate Travel Management Stadium and the big match-up against the Strikers. Who came out on top? Well, the phrase, an exciting nil-nil draw, isn't something that gets banded around too much in football, but that's exactly what we got on Saturday night. The first nil-nil draw of the all 65 PlayStation 4 National Premier League's Queensland games this year, so it's a pretty rare occurrence anyway, but it was a really, really good game, even though it was nil-nil. As good as you'll probably see in this level, I reckon, in terms of play movement, ball control, it was really excellent stuff. Two high-quality teams playing an incredibly competitive game. Uh, City had a new-look attacking partnership up top, Mitchell Hoare and Nicholas Buckley subbing in for Antonio Murray and Samuel Supertura, who took spots on the bench, because he was looking for something a little bit different. I'll let him explain that in the post-match interview later on. And, and City started really, really well. Scott Coulson, who was working in support of the front two, had a shot which he teed up from outside the area, and that got tipped over the bar. And the t- new strike partners then had a couple of chances, Hoare and Buckley, but the strikers began holding onto the ball really, really well. And as the half went on, they started to control more and more of possession and put City under quite a lot of pressure. You covered the strikers' Westfield FFA Cup game last Wednesday, didn't you? And they dominated that game in terms of possession, but struggled to create chances against Southside Eagles. Was it more of the same in this game? Yeah, it was. On Wednesday, they absolutely dominated from early and then allowed the Capital One side when they found some belief in themselves to get back into the game. But this was slightly different because strikers improved as they went on. Uh, Honestly, though, they didn't really look all that much like scoring. 
So the the league top scorer, Reese Meredith, was absent through injury, though. Was it a lack of cutting edge at the top that cost strikers all three points? Well, joint top goal scorer now, although he does have a better strike rate than Gold Coast's Ben Litvin, who's taken 10 games to score his nine goals so far. But yeah, probably. It was actually Amori, the left back, who got forward best for strikers and had a couple of good opportunities. It took until the 83rd minute before strikers had a chance where you really thought, ooh, that could go in. Um, and that was Trent Clulo. From outside the area, he took a shot and it took Allen to make a really smart save to his right to, to keep the ball out of the net. Allen's been absolutely superb over the last couple of weeks. And although he didn't have much to do, that was just one of that was one of Stryker's only three shots on target in that second half. And most of those were blocked. Uh, look, when he was called upon, he did his job brilliantly. And as always, Cozzy was good enough to give you some of his time after the game. That was an impressive defensive performance, Cosy. What was your take on it? Yeah, we did. We defended well. We got people in the right areas, and when we did make mistakes, we recovered them, so I was happy with that. We were a bit um, sloppy when we did have the ball. We just lacked a little bit of movement. We got a bit, maybe not frightened, because they shifted the ball that quick, but um, we turned it over, carried the ball in areas where we shouldn't have, and other times when we should have carried it, we didn't. We were trying to force things. We were holding on to it too long. So, look, overall, it was a, it's a good point against a good side. They're a very good side. They're mobile, they're quick. Um, but we recovered whatever we had to recover when we needed to. That was important. They didn't have any real... They had one clear-cut chance. That would have been would have pleased you, um, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, because you've got to learn how to defend. There's games where you, it's not going to be pretty. And, you know, and you could, all I've got to, all, what we've got to fix up now is what we do when we've got the ball. Was um, it was a different striking partnership today? Um, is that part of how you're trying to, as you say? Well, we, I don't think we do. we've been very effective in the front third of the pitch, in particular, um, in terms of keeping the ball um, or putting putting opposition defenders under pressure. But Mitch and, um, and Bucks did a good job of that tonight. And it made it difficult for them. We made them turn back a hell of a lot, which is what you want. And you just got to look. We were patient tonight, so. You know, having said that, we we did have our we had a couple of good opportunities in the first half. I thought we did. Second half, we, we got into good areas and then probably chose wrong options. But mate, I'll take the point. Like I said, um, Ko um Sate, Sataki. Sataki, he um he played on Wednesday night. Um, is going to having him back going to give you another option up front potentially? Yeah, it will because he's a clever player. We just got to make sure he's physically okay because he's been out for a long time. It was a really high-quality game from a spectator's perspective. Um, thanks very much. Um, congratulations on point. Thanks. Cheers. He sounded pretty satisfied there. Yeah, well, it was a really good defensive performance, to be honest. And as well as strikers played, like I've already said, it just really didn't seem like they were going to score. City's defence was just too good, and the centre-back pairing of Kingy and Biggins looked really solid now. And also, I really like Kai Smith on the right side of that defensive four. He puts himself about like any good fullback should, and he made a couple of really telling blocks in the penalty area in that second half. So I think he's really come on in that position as opposed to centre-back where he was forced to play earlier in the season. So, so a really good positional change for him then? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, look, out of interest, strikers have only conceded two goals in their last seven games. That's a goal conceded once every 315 minutes. So look, the fact that City failed to score against them isn't actually all that bad. So a pretty good defensive unit, huh? <laughs> Not bad. Uh, you mentioned Ko Sataki there. Will he be the key for City in this second half of the season, do you think? 
Oh, well, I haven't seen him play personally, so I'm just going on hearsay. But from what I've heard, he could give City another option going up front. And City could do with another option. We've only scored 17 goals so far. That's just over one and a half a game for a differential of plus two. And to put that into perspective, the other sides above us, who we are challenging for a top four spot, have scored 21, 24, 18 and 26 goals respectively. That's a differential of 12, positive 12 for the Heat, 16 for the Strikers, 8 for Redlands and 12 for Gold Coast. So that goal difference could end up being the difference in a tight top six. Look, we shouldn't put too much pressure on Kosotako though. He's coming back from injury. It, he'll just be another option. Okay, so the strikers may have been disappointed not to claim all three points. Let's hear what their coach, Kevin O'Hearn Evans, thought about the proceedings. Okay, Kevin, that was a, a, a point away from home. I guess you can't be too disappointed with that, but the way you dominated the game, you probably are disappointed with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you would be. You know, when you've, when you've played 90% of the game in their half against a really good team as well, and you've got a lot of players that can hurt you. But when you're, you're that dominant in the game and reducing them to one and two people breaking out from their own half... Uh, you're of course disappointed to not come away with the three points, but uh, I think they've got a top-class goalkeeper there in, in Tim Allen, and you can just see the the tiny little things that he had to do. He done them really well, and uh, that just gives the, obviously the team a little bit of confidence that they they can hang on because they've got that quality goalkeeper behind him. But from our perspective, uh, you know, to bounce back from a Wednesday on the short turnaround, and uh, I thought it was superb tonight. It was as good a performance as you'll see at a semi-pro level. Some of our interchange and uh, play through central areas, uh, wingers coming inside and combining. It was it was a real pleasure to watch, and um, you know we always pride ourselves on being able to dominate the game in opposition half and not maintaining possession and getting the pass stats up in our half. You know, can we do it in probing and threatening areas? And I thought we'd done that tonight. I mean, it's certainly as high quality game as I think most people have probably seen at this level for a long time. Um, you mentioned the short turnaround. You're without Reese Meredith. Um, he injured himself, of course, on Wednesday night. Do you think you missed that focal point up front? Oh, of course, you know when you, uh, you know they they haven't got centre backs. They got midfielders and uh, wingers come centre backs. So we knew that if we could get the ball into Fraser, who's more of a ten, that they would just drop off and give us space and give us opportunities to run at them. Had that been a Reese Meredith, obviously he'd have been penetrating in between them and uh, and just. Being a little bit more ruthless and selfish was what good strikers are, and so of course you know that that aspect of it of what he brings to us was uh, was a bit of a loss. But um, I thought Fraser Hill's done a really good job for us tonight as a running the line and linked up well with McLean and Clulo and um, on another night you know we 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 did one. You certainly would have. Thanks very much. Well played. Impressive stuff from Kevin and the strikers team there. Simon, where does that leave us at the halfway point of the PlayStation 4 National Premier League's Queensland? Well, City are sitting in fifth spot with 20 points. Level on Gold Coast, who have a superior goal difference in fourth. Redlands are a point ahead in third. Level with strikers on points, but do have a game in hand against the Raw Youth that they should have played last weekend, but instead were playing New Zealand. The Heat are on top with 25 points, so there is a bit of daylight there right at the top. Below us, last year's champions, Morton Bay United, are two points behind on 18, and it's actually to Walter Park that we go this weekend for a rematch of the season opener, but we lost 3-1. Could be a tough game then. Yeah, it could be. I think City are a very different side to what Morton Bay faced in the opening round, though. So I'm backing City to maintain very impressive away form so far this season. That's three wins in the four games we've played so far, and extend our five-game unbeaten run. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Simon. Some astute analysis, as always, again this week. 
Thanks for today's episode. Thanks to everyone who listened to another episode of the Forza City podcast. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, all the usual social media haunts. We'll be back next week. Bye for now.